Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Authentic Podcast with Justin Doulard. And thank you for tuning in to another episode. It's time! Uh, Mr. Antonio Graham, thank you for coming in, man. Appreciate you, brother. Thanks for having me. It's it's a dang shame that you got to invite me over for a podcast so I can see you. But you come know, on, when you're busy like that and big time, I get it. Thanks for having me, brother. Uh, well, you're the big time now. So, uh, just got promoted to head coach of the Owasso Rams. Um, so is that something that you knew about quite a bit beforehand, or or? With with coach, did you know Coach Bill was going to retire, and, and you were probably next up? Well, um, so like every year, I would say like the last three years, he was like, "I'm going to retire," or everybody. It was a rumor. Every like year he's for, done for three years. Yes, yeah, like this is it. This is last year. This is it. And so, um, um, but he got Coach Blankenship has like 15 grandkids, and if not more, you know, but. His biggest deal was like he always told me, like he has a he has two A graders, one goes to Bisbee and one goes to Broken Arrow. Grandkids. Yeah, grandkids. And he was like, I'm not going to coach against my grandkids. And so next year, um, next year they're going to be ninth graders. So, so I was like, it's getting pretty close. And so I knew that that time was coming. And so um, he always would like. Bro, it was it was awesome because like every meeting he went to or any parent meeting he had or any booster club deal or like if we're going to like a district meeting where you kind of lay out your schedules and figure out who you want to play last year he always tagged me along with him it kind of grooms you and groomed me and which like you kind of I kind of felt awkward sometimes because it's like golly I don't want to make myself feel like I'm better than the other guys but he did name me as the assistant head coach and there'd be some years where I had to go by myself. So which you were is kind of like an interim. Yeah, it was like, you know, um, we, he's out of town or somewhere. Or, you know, obviously Coach Blankenship's an unbelievable public speaker. And so he might have to go do a public speaking deal. He's like, hey, Antonio, I need you to go to the district meeting and work out the schedule. And I'm like, and it's kind of nerve-wracking because you don't want to, like, you're only just picking the people you're going to play or whatever. And um, so he put a lot on my plate at a very – young in my career and stuff like that so what I was doing the whole time and I was just taking notes all the time and it's one of those deals Justin where it's like you're never ready until you're ready and he was and so I, I literally asked him I said coach you really think I'm ready to do this he said no but but you're more ready than I ever was when I was your age so he said because your situations you're going to have a whole different, totally different experience than I had. He said, you are really good at a lot of things that I'm not. And he tells me that all the time. And I was like, that's pretty interesting because, like, that's, like, I think you're good at everything. He said, no, you really are good at, he said, what you're not good at, which you can be, is like all the administration stuff, like the paperwork stuff. That's not you, Antonio. What you're good at is making relationships. You're on like, the field. Yeah, dealing and going out to talk to parents, yeah. which, that's not streets. really me. That's not really me because 
be honest with you, Justin, I'm really, really quiet. You know, I kind of like to stay ticked. Stick to myself. Everybody's like, you're so personal. And I was like, no, nah, man, I kind of like to, kind of quiet at heart. But Coach Blankenship made me step out of my comfort zone to be to be that way. Like, because he didn't do it. So he was like, hey, Antonio, you need to go out there and talk to those parents while I do this. So I was forced to, like, say, hey, you know, get me out of my comfort zone, which that's the only way you get better when people, when you get out of your comfort zone. For so, sure. Yep. So, I mean, he – Left you in the best possible situation you think you could be in to be a head coach, you think? Yeah, he did. Um, there are sometimes like right now, it's like the worst time to be a head coach because he – and I make fun of him about that. I said, you knew you were freaking retiring because, Justin, I have had every salesperson that you can think of that want to sell you something with football that came in these last couple of weeks. Like if you could sell helmets or, you know – jerseys, all the equipment, he obviously put it off the week that he was going to not be there. <laughs> so that first week on the job, I got like all these salesmen, hey, Coach Blankenship said I would come by this week, but I heard you the new head coach. I'm like, dude, right now is not a good time for you to come by here right now to try to, you know, I'm still trying to figure out like, you know, like who's on my staff stand. Like because um, obviously Coach Blankenship had a lot of good coaches on the staff. And so when jobs opens up every year, um, some of those guys on our staff are qualified good enough to go apply for those jobs. So um, it's that time of year where jobs are opening up, and I'm like, golly, I got this guy applying for a job, or he's up for an interview here. And, and since Coach Blankenship's leaving, which everybody knows he had a pretty good staff, now if I'm a coach at somewhere else, I'm able to go get that guy now because – He's probably going to leave if Coach Blankenship's there. You know, it was coaching there. But now I'm able to get him over to my staff now because it's like what well, I got to be creative of that majority of everybody on our staff was there before Coach Blankenship, not me. How many so, uh, how many coaches do you guys have on staff? Oh, gosh. About 14, which is ridiculous. Is that a big number? Yeah. It, 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 at one point in time, we were the lowest in CSA. And Coach Blankenship made it better. You know, um, everybody is basically – he runs – like, our, prog- our our program is a college program. Like, like Justin, if I showed you – like, these kids get, like, steaks for pregame meals. and They got, like, something called a training table where all – we call it the performing enhancing table where the athletes go to this lunch line, you know, and get – instead of getting four chicken nuggets, they can go over here and get ten. So they can make sure they keep their weight up. Um, before the games, we have we have our own nutritionist there, bro. Do you really? Yeah, like, and she tells you exactly what, to, like, she's like, so, like, she tells you exactly what you need to put in your body so you can get the best performance out yeah, of it. Yeah, for each position and weight. It's unbelievable. And I'm just like, y'all kids have no idea what y'all got. That's why I think the downfall of that is now I get recruited by Missouri, whoever, and you go on a visitor, and they ain't got near, nowhere near the stuff you had as that. NSU? Yeah, yeah, whoever. You know, it's North just Eastern. bad. Like, it's University of Tulsa, man. Don't you, have a you guys place. Got some nicer things than TU? Oh, yeah. For real? It's, yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Like That yeah. was one of my topics to cover is talking about how different high school football is from, from when you played. I mean, I played, but. Oh, yeah. Know. Um 
you play Man, pretty high level football. Um, yeah, well, I think the biggest thing is like kids are not loyal these days to the program, and I get it. Where um, like, well, we can afford to move. That's one thing. There's several difference, but I I can start with the whole transfer. You know, did you hear about the rule they just started? I, I told, as I told you, I don't like follow yeah, high school ball yeah, a lot, well, but I do read the news and yeah. keep up with you guys. Well, the crazy thing is now they just made a new rule where it's like a year you can transfer. You can right? transfer. It's going to start over the summer, but basically, I can live in jeans and go to Owasso without moving in. Are you a fan of that or not a fan? Um, it, it, hopefully the move is best for the kid, but some kids are. Moving because they got set on the bench because they didn't play a good game. That rule is it almost predominantly related to sports? Is that the the main? Uh, yeah, yeah, basically for the yeah. most part. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, now you it's can. For the, it's it's with the Oklahoma Football Association. Yeah, and I- anyone can do it. Yes, but yeah. you have to apply. Um, or you can you, just go. You can you can. They have to have openings uh, opening in their school within their school. They got to have slots. If so, if they have a. A transfer is like they have a list of numbers, like a wait right? list. Yeah, a wait list, and if they have a spot, you can you can you good to go. So, ultimately, I guess on a short answer, do you think that's good for the sport or bad for the sport? I think it's bad. You do. I but I also want kids to be able. But every situation is good. Like maybe you're transferring because a personal situation that happened with you and the coach. You know, something might have happened bad or experience. Or something, you know, but like when kids are running from competition, I think it's bad because I think it just, it's all about, I, I think it sends a red flag to the college coaches because now you come in, you're OU, hey, why why did he transfer? Why did Antonio transfer from jeans? Well, he wasn't playing, so he wanted to come over here and try a different position. You know, well, what do you think is going to happen in college? You got to compete. You just got to repeat exactly. the cycle. Yeah, and so um, there's some good and bad to it. You know, <clears throat> um, the other biggest thing is just like the 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 game itself. Like, like we were so much physical back then, and you can, it's still physical, but it's nowhere near as like you got to basically teach tackling totally different from how we were taught. We was taught to pitch your face mask. Right in the middle of their chest, but now you gotta get your head, keep your head out of out of the gate, out of, out the, of way. the center mask. Yeah, out of the center mask, and you gotta stay below a certain. We call it a strike zone, right? So you want to keep your head below the strike zone. Like strike zones are here, yeah, here. So you want to keep your head away from their main head. So everything is just teach, which was I fought it for a long time. <laughs> you know, I was like, golly, we're going to be soft as tissue these days, and. You know, and that was another thing, just the physicality of just teaching stuff different, none, not the physical way, you know. Is there a, a targeting type rule in high school, like anything like college? Or? It all depends what crew you have. Like if that crew, it, they, they, will, they, they, will, they will say targeting, but they give you a 15, they, they penalize you. But it's up to that person, the referee crew in high school, is it what was it dangerous enough to kick the kid out of gotcha. the game? It's not automatic. It's not automatic, which is up to the ref, which is pretty interesting. And we don't have uh, replay, so you have to kind of make a, a judgment call right Absolutely. there. Absolutely. Right? And the good thing about it is you can appeal it as a coach. You know, like oh, that wasn't a that was a BS call. Like on the field. Um, you have to you have to you have to sit in it the next day. 
Well, what would you what would you be appealing? Like so, if you're a linebacker, hit some, and you thought it was a fair hit, and they kicked your guy because in high school you missed two games. Oh, yes, you missed two games. So really, yeah. So you're a stud linebacker. He's out for you missed two games if they yeah if they call two, it yeah if they call it and if they kick you out if uh-huh. you because so you missed that one and then two more yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it's you like missed a third of the season, right? Could be, and then it could be it towards the playoffs. It could be, yeah. so you can send it in and appeal it, man, and and hopefully you could freaking, I mean, they may cut it back a game or whatever or a half, and so it just all depends on who, you know, on what crew you get. And does that does it happen more often than than you would think? No, not enough. Not but it happens. It happens though, you know, and so. Um, so that's part of it too, is the physicality of it, and and obviously the the new generation of kids you're dealing with, you know these kids want to know. So if I took like back when we were growing up, it didn't matter what your parents or what your coach or what your teacher told you, you just did it. You didn't ask any questions. Well, if I tell Lincoln, hey Lincoln, I want you to run as fast as you can and jump high, and they usually ask why. And so you have to give the kids these days a reason why they should be doing it that way and how it's going to make them successful. Kids want to know that. Like, why why you want me to do it that way and how is that going to make me successful? And so they always ask questions and, like, it's just different and instead of just doing it. You know, some kids will do it, but some kids are like, well, why you want me to do it that way? Well, if you do it that way, it's going to make you explode more better and, and you know, and and help you out your vertical or whatever. But kids want to know a reason why and why is it going to make me successful. Do you think there's some positives to that? It is. It is in Just, a way. Um, it, it can be. But and then like the way you teach these kids these days, I, I'm very creative how to get a kid um, bought in into what I'm teaching. Like motivated? Yeah. Or just the, just the drills and how I want things done. Like I always I – always, will look at clips from like if I see if I see something that happens on the NFL play or a college play and I'm like, Godly, I've been trying to teach that at practice, I would somehow videotape that with my phone. Pull the tape and and show them to him like, look, <clears throat> this is why you don't hit people in the back. Have you ever seen like the guys just throw up their hands and stuff like that? The DBs? Yeah, the DBs yeah. so they won't, you know, and I'm just like, that's why you do that. And so like you gotta like because they, if they see the guys in the NFL and the college doing it, now they want to do it. So you got to pull stuff from the college stuff and show them film of them doing it. And now that you make them a believer now, which back when I was getting coached, when your coach told you to do something, you do it. And it's like you got to get more creative these days. And I know you don't coach basketball, but I always read a lot about kids that play basketball that ever since Curry came along, now all kids want to do is just pull up from half court yeah, or shoot the three. Yeah, but they don't realize that Curry shoots 150 <laughs> shots before the, you know, it's yeah. just like they just don't realize that. And that's why it's hard for me. Like, I love basketball. I love two-sport athletes, but, like, it just seemed like it's a three-point set contest the whole freaking time when you watch <laughs> basketball. It's like, God dang, man, sh- go shoot a layup. Nobody's dunking No, anymore. nobody's dunking. Nobody's, like, passing it down low and banging bodies. Or it's like everybody wants to just – even – even pickup games that like the wise, even the old <laughs> people go out there. The only thing they want to do is shoot threes. I'm like that dude is wide ass open under the goal, pass it him. But nope, you want to pull up and shoot a three like you're just Curry. <laughs> so it goes all the way through, man. 
but they don't realize the work those people put in, man, which is insane. Are you so now that you're promoted from DC defense mm-hmm. coordinator to head coach, are you going to be teaching at all? No, man. Um, this past year, they um, just like it was just all part of Coach Blankenship plan, and obviously it takes. It's not just Coach Blankenship to see the vision. It takes our athletic director too, and superintendent got to be on board. But they put me in a, in a position in the athletic office where I could kind of learn some of that paperwork and how all the transfers works and and all the eligibility stuff works. So I was um, I did a bunch of eligibility and compliance stuff where like I had to make sure all the athletes were eligible to. Um, to, for for the classes and NCAA eligible and stuff like that. So, which I was kind of familiar with all that anyways, by being at the college level and making sure like kids was living within a district, all the eligibility stuff. And, and um, so they kind of put me in that role where it was just like an easy, you know, transfer to the head coach. So um, the last two years I have been out of the classroom. So, but now I'm strictly all football now, man. And it's weird. But at a school like, man, we got over our roster, 125 kiddos just on the varsity roster. 125. And so, 125. And du- so you got duplicate jerseys? Yes. For a lot yep. of people? Yeah, we do. 11, 12? Yeah, I, when, I, when I get a chance, I'm going to show you. Like The hardest part, man, is picking jersey numbers. <laughs> yeah, like, and then you know you can't have the same two guys with the same. Like if you got two starters, like let's say there's two receivers with the number 20, that's illegal. They can't be on the field at the same time. They right? cannot be on the field at the same time. So if I got two difficult numbers, I got to give one to a senior and one to a sophomore who's probably never going to be on the field just yet. You yeah. know what I mean? So um, that's 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 hard. But, like, when you – I don't know how you can – you can do it, right, because they used to do it all the time. But, like, you got 120 kids, and you got to also teach four hours of class. That would be rough. Do you like, guys – do you guys cut people from the roster? No, we you don't. Take, we take them all, man. Take them all. Um, that's the unique thing. A lot of people, a lot of people do that. But like in football, man, you got to have a scout team, like somebody who can service you or give you a look. So you got to have those people. And like the biggest thing with me is that like, you know, little Johnny is probably never going to play, right? But that kid needs the program better than the program needs him. I think I remember you saying that a long time ago. That yeah. There's a lot of kids that they need this team more than necessarily the team Absolutely, may need them. Absolutely, because or, there's so, like, man, so many discretions out there. At least I know if this kid is on this football team from, you know, from – I think we get we get our kids around about 145 and we keep them till about 5 o'clock. You know, we have meetings – but I know that kid's safe. I know he's around positive people. And I know he probably got a good, decent meal right before he left. And he's not into anything negative. And so some of these kids need the program more than the program needs them. And, like, you know, we have we have a guy – we got a player development guy on our team, which most college most colleges don't have. Like, we call him Uncle Rest. It's Coach Blankenship's um, brother. And he's like our – He's like our chaplain slash he just de- helps develop young men's character. That's all Just he like does. an extra father figure? Yeah, or, yeah. We call him Coach Rest, and he just he preaches the word to us. He he he's he texts he the kids, positive stuff. He counsels them. Um, he talks to them about anything. And so he's always a guy that 
who's just big on our staff, who don't get a lot of credit, but, you know, he gets the kid's mind right, and they may be going through stuff, and and he talked like, he talked to him onto the side while everybody else is coaching. Like, everything's going all right. No, Uncle Rex, man, my, my mom's sick, and she's going through things. So he kind of communicate that with me, and now I know how to coach that kid this week. Because his mom is going through yeah. some stuff. And, some, some family stuff. Yeah. yeah. And so if I don't know those things, I just go off and go off on that kid. And, you know, it's just it's just a different – it's different how it was, man, when we were – whenever I was playing, you know. So are you going to be uh, calling offensive plays, defensive plays, or man, neither? My – so, like, one thing I've learned in this, man, like, I've, I'm a defensive guy. Yeah. Um, But – it's one of those deals where I'm going to, I'm going to have another guy call the defense. Um, his name is Jacquez Washington. He's a local guy. He went to, he was, he went to, he played at Iowa state and he's a local, um, you know, he grew up in a, he grew up in a Washo. So he was at UCLA with Chip Kelly maybe three years ago. Oh and, really? Yeah. So he's kind of, and then he went to Western Illinois, I believe. And, his wife was kind of like, I'm done with this college life. Let's go back home. So I was able to, to get him back home. And um, and so my thing is, like, I I was really hard on Coach Blankenship his last two years about mentoring coaches because we're always so hard about, like, this new generation of kids, right? Like, these new generation. But dude, there's also a new generation of everything, new generation of workers, new generation of coaches. And, like, it's like – I, I am so, like, OCD about stuff. I think we were talking about this earlier. Like, like when somebody come over and do work on your house, right, and it's like one of those deals where Justin is like, they don't pick up the trash when they leave. It's like the same thing with coaches. It's like you like these coaches, they want to be all cool with their, with their you know, you got it's a certain way to carry yourself. And, like, I was on Coach Blankenship like, Dude, before you retire, coach, make sure you, we just getting all this wisdom and mentoring from you because it's just not enough good coaches out there anymore. The, the pickings are slim, man. And, you know, like these coaches, they want to come in. First year out of college, I want to call plays. Like, dude, how about you go work with the A-grade staff or and work yourself, work your way up? You know, it's like I wish I could have got came straight out of college and call plays. I had to go freaking make copies for people. You know what I mean? It's <laughs> yeah. like – and these, it's like, so it's like stuff like that that's going on as well. But my thing is, like, I'm in a point in my life, which I'm still young, obviously. I want to develop guys and make them better because I can easily say, all right, hey, I'm going to call plays. And now that guy don't get developed, you know. So, like, that's just one less thing that I have to worry about, you know. But it's going to be – it sucks for him because I'm a defensive guy. And so I'm going to be more up his butt than I am on the offensive guys. Yeah, you're going to be right, kind of yeah, right behind yeah, him. Yeah, and, and I'm going to know all of his <laughs> lingo and everything, and I'm going to be right there. So I think people know that, um, you know, obviously you're working for a defensive guy and you want to be a defensive coordinator, you better be on point. So, um, but he's going to do a good job, though. I kind of – I trust him, so – what kind of uh, what kind of goals and visions do you have as a head coach, either first year or for your your career? Do you have anything that that sticks out that's outside of kind of the standard? Man, um, the biggest thing is you know we all want to win, and and but my biggest thing is man, and it's crazy to to say this, um, 
obviously you want respect from your peers. That's like the biggest thing is I want I want to have respect from other coaches and things like that. But the biggest thing for me, man, there's nothing like this, Justin. And when you get a player come back and he was a knucklehead and he got on your freaking nerves and he comes back and give you an uh, envelope and you open up and you read it, a wedding invitation. I think there's nothing like that. It's nothing like having like Cal Crushmer, a kid I coach, like he hits me up on Instagram or sends me a test and say, Hey coach, I'm fighting. Would you like to come to the fight? That's the, that's the, that's the, the, I want to continue that relationships. And like whenever they graduate, I want to make sure I stay in contact with those guys and be a part of their lives and stuff like that. Um, Got like a huge extended family of yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I always want to make sure that the alumni are welcoming. But it's it's just me just continue to develop young men and and I'm kind of like my style of coaching. I'm going to be more of that old school guy. Like like man, we're gonna we all gonna look the same. We all gonna like trust me. I love the swag and everything, but like. We're gonna do things right, like in a weight room. We're gonna do the little things right, and so um, it's really. I want. I want to say there's a goal, but my thing is, my goal is just continue to develop young men and and just hope that they can just be successful and because and make some out of themselves. Because, like I said earlier, dude, it's just the quality of young men out there is just going. When you have a daughter. And you see what these knuckleheads have. Like, I, want, I would like my daughter to have something, you know. They want like your a, players or have, something. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Like, or just have a good person, you know, a good man. Because it's like, it's just not the same as it was when we were growing up. You know, like, like you know, these kids, they 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 talk to you any kind of way. They they don't use the manners to yes sir, no, no sir stuff. And I'm bringing that back, in, like, into – I'm huge on yes, sir, no, sir. I'm huge on looking guys at persons in the eyes. Or when you greet somebody, you take your hat off when you greet them. You know, just that little things that play, learn teaching them how to play the game. Who's you know? a who's a good example of a coach uh, in the in the area that who who kind of embodies that? Man, um, like outside of Bill, is there oh, another yo, coach Al, that, that runs a program kind oh, of like that? Dude, obviously, um, Bisbee, Lauren Montgomery. He he does a heck of a job. They yeah. got it. They got it rolling over there. How how are they that good, man? Um, what is it, man? It's those kids are just tough. They've lost what one game in like six years. or yep, something? Yep. They it's when you it's you remember when Jinx was rolling and yeah. stuff like that. He was part of that Jinx program. That kind of that coaching yeah. tree. He was part of that that coaching tree, and so and also, man, you. It's developing. It, they they developed their players over there well, and they have had some really good football players. Like they have had talent, and those guys are good coaches as well. Like I'd be a fool to say like it's just their talent. They they have good scheme and they're doing a good job. And um, but besides them, um, you know, Coach Frederick at Union, he does a awesome job. Um, obviously, Blankenship at BA, Josh Blankenship, Coach Blankenship's son. He has a bunch of those qualities. I would say all these guys do around here, man. Um, they all kind of carry themselves in a professional way. And if I need something, if I was to call Coach Riz at Jinx, he helped me, you know, because they know they know that they didn't get where they were at if they didn't get advice. So even though you guys compete against each other all the time, you're all still pretty respectable. Oh, and absolutely. And, yeah. Now, we may not. Now, I, I was scared. He said, now, when we 
like Coach Rich called me and told me congratulations. And he's like, if you need anything, you let me know. Is that who's, Jinx Coach? Yeah, the Jinx Coach. And he goes, um, now, I promise you, I'm probably going to make you mad. And, uh, and I say, well, I'm just letting you know it's not a hard feeling. It's like, <laughs> it's just, I'm competitive coach. So if you think I'm mad at me, just don't be afraid to call me and still talk to me. It's going away. So we kind of got all that stuff. But, you know, you'd be mad at them because you're an all-star. Some went, or a, a call went they way and they go your way. Yeah. And, but you got to move on. So um, all these guys are pretty good around here. I've always been intrigued by um – I guess at least at the 6A, 1, 2 level, mm-hmm. how Tulsa schools, how the Tulsa Metro is so much better than Oklahoma City Metro mm-hmm. considering OKC is, is substantially bigger. You have any insight on that? Man. How it's always, a, it's always a Tulsa school that wins 6A gold, right? Yeah. It, it, over the, For the past, what, like 30, 20 years? Yeah. I mean, a long been, time. Yeah. It's like, been, how have we not had one? I think the last one was – Lindsay's alma mater, Midwest City. And what, probably the 90s? Early 90s. 80s? Yeah, yeah. How, yeah. how is Tulsa so much? Man, um, I think it's. Do you even know the answer to that? I don't know, but I just think it's this. The buy-in from the communities and the, the school bonds is like, like you look at the facilities, man. Like, like Oklahoma City's catching up, but like there ain't not one school up there that looks like Union. So there's not one school up there that looks like Broken Arrows, like with the facility wise. There's not one that looks like a Wasso or a bit like. So like when kids see that, they gravitate to it. You know, they gravitate to all the swagger and the, and it's been like that for years. Yeah, even back in the early two thousands, like you're when you played. Yeah, the facilities was unbelievable, and and so they you all these great athletes would gravitate to those schools, and so. I think that has a lot to do with it, but it's crazy because up there, they run basketball. You know, basketball is like their biggest deal up there. Like they have good, the, the you know they're really good in like in the six A level. Like they've been dominating basketball the last five years. So if you ask them, it's like if you reverse your question and say, why does the basketball? Yeah. It's not. It's like. It's kind of like in college thing. when there's a school that's a is, basketball school versus a football school. Is this, but my thing is, Justin, it all goes in circles, man. Every dog got their day. Like, Jinx was hot one time. Union was hot. B.A. was hot. Every dog kind of – it goes in ways, but it's just – can you just be on that wave consistent? You know what I'm saying? And so, eventually, one of those schools is going to break the curse, eventually. Was there a uh, – I feel like I read about this several years ago – I can't remember which high school, so I'm kind of mm-hmm. butchering this and putting it together. But I feel like it was a Wasso or a Bixby or something that, or maybe Union, like one mm-hmm. of the big six. They had some type of medical equipment that only like one other place in the country had. Oh what, yeah, I know exactly. I know exactly what you're talking okay. about. So that's um, <laughs> funny how you say that. We were playing. I don't I think, read a lot I of think news. You, but I, I think you get those were highlights. I think, matter of fact, me, you were still living in Tulsa at the time when this happened. When was it? When you were at Union? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, what happened was, um, it was almost back with the helmets. They had a piece in it in your helmet where, if your hel- if you got a big enough hit, it buzzed the athletic trainer and said, "Hey, that kid got hit hard enough where you may need to check him for a concussion." Got it. That's what the, the it's like a little uh, chip in these kids' helmets that they can put in. 
and I can't think of the name to be exact name, but they're still. But Union was one of the first schools that had this equipment where, um, um, where if you get a high enough impact, where it literally buzzed the train, like oh my God, Justin just got hit really hard. So pull him off the sideline and see and give him a concussion test. And so, dude, you notice that they got air conditioners and helmets now. Y'all, your kids? No, there's some. There's some kids oh. that we don't buy for them, but kids would go buy their own helmets and with eight, like with air conditioners. Is that really worth it? No, but <laughs> like, but they have them. They got like little AC fans. You just the whole hit a button LA, and it just yeah. The whole the whole LSU team got freaking helmets with little little AC units in them. It's insane. That's ridiculous. Yeah, I love seeing the uh, the guys. Especially the linemen when they run like a, they get a fumble and they take it back forty yards, or uh, they run a big play and they get a, you know, get on and get the oxygen mask. And yes, they yeah. got the misters. Oh, and, dude, it's it's dude, they got benches now with with heaters in them. Yeah, and it's just ridiculous. But yes, man, um, those college those, facilities, are, those you know, deals. But going back to that piece of technology, was that um, when I was at Union, and we're and it's my first year at Owasso, we're playing, which is weird. We're playing. We're playing. Um, we're playing Union, and and it's one of the biggest games of the year. And it's golly, man. I, we're at Union, and a linebacker. One of my linebackers hit one of the Union running backs, and if that buzzer did not buzz the trainer, that kid almost died. Yeah, if, because it was a huge story. That kid. Um, he can play any more football for the rest of his life. You post pictures of him? Yeah. Yep, okay. Yep. The kid with the eye patch. It, yeah. I can't remember exactly what happened. It was so long ago. But that kid almost lost his life. And at the time, I was at Owasso because I coached him while I was at Union. And he was one of my – he was unbelievable. He would have been a Division One player. He's one of the fastest kids I've ever so he's the, he's the kid that you have on your Instagram quite yeah, a bit, right? Yep, yep. Um, it's Kevion Cooper, man. And he had that deal – and his deal, and his deal, and his the his brain was bleeding. Oh, yeah, it was some weird where the hit that he took and it let the trainers know what was going on, and he goes to the locker room, dude, and he passes out, and they rush him to the hospital, and just think if they didn't have that piece of equipment, he probably would have never made it. Yeah, just got they had to drill a hole in his skull, or, yeah, or something like that, and to drain the fluid out and stuff like that. So. But just think if you go you go to those small schools who don't have that stuff, you know, so and kids lose their lives. So um but that's the difference, man. They they buy into their programs. Um what do you think about NIL? Man, you could I mean I know that's a, a big no, question. Well, you know what's crazy is it's in high it's company. in high school now. Is it? Yeah, high school kids can receive it now. What how does that work? Man, I just think that, you know, obviously... Like, how would a kid at Owasso get an NIL deal? Um, Their relationships with the... You know, like, if I had a... Like, they got, like, a big Instagram following or something? Yeah, or? something like that. Or if they're or if they're a five-star player, or are they the starting quarterback? And So they're just getting them to them early? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, there's there's kids that are... Not at Owasso, particularly, but there's kids that got them in... In high school now, Bixby probably. Yeah, well, I'm I'm not sure. It's usually where it's like um, it's it's more happening in Texas more than anything. But a lot of softball girls got them through batting companies and stuff like that. Um, but there's kids that got them for sure in high school. But 
Um, man, I think that it sucks for like if you're playing quarterback and you're getting two million dollars, and I'm your right tackle that's keeping you from not hitting, and I'm not getting nothing. That's what sucks about the whole deal. You know, like I think they got to put a cap on it somewhere where, um, because it's just like it's just first of all, man, like how are you gonna how are you gonna coach a kid that's making more money than you? And so like that's. But those are pretty rare deals, right? Yeah, it is. It is. It, it is. But it, it's a lot more. It's more often than you think it is. More common. Yeah, it's more common. Oh yeah, like I mean, that's part of the transfer portal now. Kids are going to, for example, and this is just an example. Like I may go to Louisiana Tech. I kill it there. Now I get in the portal and get picked up by Oregon. Now I go in the portal. And I get picked up by a bigger school like Oregon or a Big 12 school. Now I get a bigger money, bigger deal. And so, like, it's just it's, it's, it's all about money in a way. And, and it's just getting crazy. Like, I wouldn't want to be a college coach right now. I tell you that. It's, they got to be able to put a cap to it. And it sucks for high school recruiting, too. Does it? Yeah, because, like, like I think the first day, and I could be wrong, there was over 1,000 kids in the first couple of hours when the portal opened. Oh, the new one they did. Yeah, here. yeah, and it's like the portal is like. So if you're a college coach, it's like, why should I go get a high school kid, and I can go get a kid that's in a portal from Oklahoma State that's already developed. So you're competing against not just high schoolers now, but other yeah, other so kids. Like, it's hard for me to promote plus kids. JUCO too. Right? Yeah, exactly. JUCO so like, still a thing. Yeah, so it's like these kids, man, they're not getting recruited at all, man, out of high school. And it sucks because, like, don't forget, you still got the COVID kids because, like, when the COVID happened, they got two extra years of college. So there's still kids on scholarship because of COVID. Oh, like those guys that have been playing for, like, eight years. They're still there. (laughs) Like, 29. And so you only can have, like, 87 kids. I think it's 85 on scholarship, technically, and the rest can be walk-ons. But now they're giving, instead of, like, there's deals now, Justin, where, hey, you can come and walk on. But the NIL money that we were going to give you, we use that money to pay for your school. So they're doing stuff like that now. And, like, like there's kids at, at Owasso that I know for a fact, if that wasn't for them transfer portal and all this stuff that's going on, they'd be Division One players. But now they're they just sitting there waiting to get picked up right now. And what did the parents think? Well, man, the coaches ain't doing nothing for our kids. You know, they're not helping them get recruited, but – they're not seeing the big picture. Like, dude, we're fighting against the portal and everything. And so, like, the small schools like Missouri Southern and Joplin, they're able to get these kids that, like, are – should be Division One, and and they're able to get these kids now. And their pitch is, like, these Division Two schools are saying, like, hey, if you come – like, we know you're a Division One player, right? But you come play at NSU, kill it, or whoever, or kill it, and get in the portal. And like, a bigger, give us a year. Yeah, and, and a bigger school will pick you up. Because you know you're going to ball out there, and you jump in the portal in a bigger school. So some kids are doing that. So, like, the the advice that we're giving kids for recruiting right now, man, is just insane. It's not the same advice that I would I would have done three years ago. This is the worst year of recruiting I've ever seen in my life. Bisbee got one of the best players in the state, and he has not one division. I think he probably has one division one offer. Really? Because of yeah, he is the best player in the state, and he has not he don't have no big school offers yet. So it seems like NIL has its 
has its pros for sure, but it's kind of like it's so new that it's like the wild wild west right now. Absolutely, it's just too, man. It it's needs just, to kind of like it needs to be it needs to be a little more regulated. Yeah, absolutely. That's it needs to be a cap because, like I said, the quarterback's making five million dollars, and the old lineman who's blocking for that kid is not making some of them are not making anything. See, I I always saw it on the flip side of. Um, <clears throat> I guess not the flip side, but the like for you, you went to Pitt State, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know how much money you had or, or or what your scholarship was, but I always think, what if some what if some business come in and was like, hey man, we're gonna we're gonna give you five hundred dollars a month for I don't know groceries, right, or, no doubt, or you can drive this truck yeah. while you're on the team. And, and I like, agree what, with that. What could that have done for you? It would have been it would have changed my whole life. Yeah, I would have had, but it's just like I guess, man, it's one of the the, the thing. I guess I'm too humble, but the guy that works just as hard as me. He doesn't get that. Sure, you know it's just like, like the walk on. And, and so stuff. it, it yeah. what what it what it kills, brother. It kills the continuity of the team, and like it's like now you got well that that guy thinks he's better than him, and and it's just you just it, got like a group of entrepreneurs just competing against each other. Yeah, and, and you got these kids. It's like it's just like I think the team chemistry is so important or whatever, and the, the bond. It's the whole transfer portal and the NIL. If they cap it. And say if like, hey, the most they can make are everybody gets this. You're still able to have a hold on the team chemistry. If you're getting a million dollars and he's getting nothing and he's getting this and this, it's like, well, hell, why would I want to? And like, you you piss me off one day, I'm gonna say, all right, Dean, you just go right on through and hit his ass. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it kills the continuity of the team. Now, just think about this, Justin. If you was making a million dollars in college, where would you be hanging out? You wouldn't be hanging out with your teammates playing video games. Yeah, you kind of made it already. So. Yeah, you'd be hanging out in the clubs or somewhere or buying tables. You, you're a whole different Is that what you think friend about group. Me? No, no, not I'm at all. But, <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. if you at USC. Yeah, money change you. Yeah, money change. At that age, you know oh, what I'm saying? Yeah. And You're bringing out good But points, the thing sure. is, too, man, you can change these your family lives with it, too. You know, you, you know, some of these kids come from nothing. So that's it's some positive and negative to it. But my biggest thing is some balance. You got to have some balance, man. And, but it's too late for it. It's crazy. <laughs> well, but we'll come back a little bit. You think like, gotcha. like as we because we're two years in, you think in a couple of years we'll we'll kind of if the NCAA will hurry up and get on it. But I think it's going to take like some of these old school coaches to get like the Nick Saban's like when he retires. And get on a community and just try to get rules. And have you met Nick? Yeah, I have. I thought I you have. Did. Yep, I got a player down there right now. The um, receiver. Yep, receivers down there, and he, he loves it. He loves it, dude. They, so he, how is he doing? He's he's he's. Is he playing a lot or not? He because uh, he's a freshman, he, right? Yeah, he's a freshman. Got got a little banged up this year, but um, he got it. They love him down. They the coaches and the player they call him they call him Cole Saban because they say Saban. Cole Saban. Yeah, because they say he's one of his. Favorite players. Is man. he really? Yeah, and you know, they thought he was a walk on. A lot of the players thought he was a walk on because he's literally like five eight and he's a white boy and he just out there balling, man. He's good? Oh yeah, absolutely. He's full scholarship and he it, the stories that he's told me, like, he's like a, for an example West bro, Walker. Yeah, for example, like you gotta you gotta they, they, you gotta go eat dinner seven times a week, right? Every time you go every time you go eat dinner, you get a hundred bucks towards your check. And some kids don't even go eat dinner, so they dock them at Alabama. What do you mean a hundred dollars? Just to go eat dinner, you to, get paid. You get paid to go eat dinner in the in the cafeteria from who? From the school. It's just part of their their package, like stuff. an incentive 
an incentive. Like, dude, go get seven meals to keep your weight up. And some kids can't even do that. And he was like, bro, that's easy incentive. Like, go in there and just go drink a glass of water and say you ate. There's a hundred bucks that goes towards your check. And Beg probably Nick, the best food in in the state. But Nick Saban will cut you. You know what I'm saying? You get incentives at Alabama. Like if you get like if you get like a three you get this amount of money on your check. You know what I mean? Or they take money away from you. I think that's cool. You know what I mean? And it So you're like you're probably thinking about all the things you did in college, you could have got paid oh for. Oh my god! Just like, for doing your normal. Yeah, doing what you're supposed to do. Going to class. Yeah, going to class. Like if you if you get like perfect attendance, you get an incentive. You know what I'm saying? I think that's the. the it's crazy how you got to motivate kids to yeah. do the right thing, but some kids can't even do that right. Back back when you played, you didn't do that. Like you said, you were cut or or, or oh, benched yeah. or you sit your butt on the bench. Or you're like, man, I want. But now extra if you don't do that right, you hit the transfer portal. Yeah. Now they're being mean to me. That makes you sense. You know what I mean? So you got to figure out how to cater to these kids. Uh, you been down to any games to watch him play? No, I haven't. I haven't this year. But um, now that you got a three year old, but now since they freaking they just joined the SEC. Oh, since OU have joined the SEC now, oh, you're in Texas. They get to see. They get to. Um, oh, they're gonna be in Norman. They're gonna be in Norman, and then so now I get a chance to watch them in Norman. I get a chance to um, watch them in Arkansas now because I always go back and see them in Arkansas. So you won't go to probably not Tuscaloosa a lot, but you'll catch them when they're local or yeah, close. I, I, yeah, I try to go to – I went down there to Tuscaloosa in the spring and watch them because they have like a bitch uh, – a coaching convention where they invite all these different coaches in and they speak to high school coaches about football and like how we do, how they do things at their program. And So have it, you actually got to uh, converse with Saban much or, or just more of a handshake? I got to – I mean, I, we sat down and we talked for like – so um, whenever he came down here last year to to a home visit or whatever, he came to Owasso. Yeah, to Owasso. Really? Yeah, he came to Owasso, and um, we sat um, in the living room. We do, talk. do they fly private every time? Oh yeah, dude. Um, every trip, dude. Even like, to to when, Tulsa. What's crazy is, which yeah, dude. What's unique about Saban is that like, so like, <laughs> just like when he calls you. He like calls when, you? No, like whenever he like let's say he when he calls like the player a player or whoever, like his assistant gonna say, Hey Justin, Nick's gonna call you from a private number. No so way. answer it. Absolutely. No yeah, absolutely. Like he ain't like it's the way they do things, dude, is unbelievable, man. And like the stories that, that he was he's willing he is so he's more open than you would ever think. I like, see those videos of him like dancing in recruits, living oh, rooms yeah. at their cookouts. Oh, absolutely, and, dude, and um, and like you know, he was telling us a cool story about him and Dion and everything like that, and the Aflac commercials and stuff. Oh, really? Oh, dude, like he said one time, he got a phone call from a from a a person, and they really thought that duck was real, <laughs> the Aflac duck, you know, and and what's crazy is he almost lost his. Um, his contract because like you're not Affleck don't Affleck want people to think that it's real. So when the person called oh, in, so you're not yeah. To, like, so when the people, anything. yeah. So when the people called him in on the radio and asked him like, "Hey, is the duck real?" He's like, "Of course it's not." Well, literally, he gets a phone call later from Affleck what like, "Hey, doing? what are you doing?" And he almost loses this freaking deal. Like he like yeah, because he, he does those radio shows. Couple times a week. Right? <laughs> yes, absolutely. So those are funny. But the dude sees his mom every week. She still lives. You know, she's probably in her nineties, and he's a huge golfer. 
But he he come down here to visit him. Yep, to Cole and um, Cole knew how much I love Saban and um, was what was awesome was like Alabama in the early two thousand like two thousand nine or I want to say two thousand eleven or ten they had a huge tornado in Tuscaloosa where it basically wiped out the whole freaking city, and so Saban so my player is down there on a visit on this official visit. The receiver? Yeah, the receiver. He's down in Alabama. And I said, hey, and I have to show you these pictures on my phone. It's freaking awesome. I said, and his mom, and I said, hey, if you see Miss Saban, Miss Terry, that's, they call her Miss Terry. That's his wife? Yeah, that's his wife. Tell her I said thank you or whatever because, like, when my grandmother lost her house, and so she took my grandmother shopping and, like, basically kind of helped her get back on her feet. And I said, and so, like, whenever on her visit – my my buddy's mom, my player's mom goes up to her and be like, hey, Cole Coach told me to tell you thank you and, like, how much you impacted her life. And next thing you know, they she sends me a selfie of them, too. She's like, thank you so much. I definitely remember her. And I'm like, dude, that was 10 years ago, 11 years ago. But the fact that she even acknowledged, it's just, just good people, you know. And, like, I was like, she actually, like, helped my grandmother get back on her feet because – just like that relationship. And I'm like, I never got the chance to thank her. Like, I don't think I ever will. But when I had that opportunity when the player. Yeah, I kind of. Yeah, absolutely. I was like, dude, please, ma'am, go tell Miss Miss Terry thank you. Like, she helped my grandmother out a lot, you know. Because most of your extended family still in Tuscaloosa. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. My mom's still down there and siblings and stuff. So. When did you move to, to Tulsa? Um, I know we've you've um, told me this uh, before. It was more when I was in middle school. Okay, moved up here with my dad or whatever, and um, mom was like, "You need to go up there." And, well, it was not by choice, but I had just grew up. Um, I was the oldest of six, and um, my um, but you very much remember living in Tuscaloosa. As oh, a kid. absolutely, dude. Yeah, I know my. I go back down there and know my way around easily. Yep. So that's home, man. Um, let's see. You got kids that, uh, that you talk, try to talk to say, Hey, you don't have to go D one to, mm-hmm. to be somebody or, or to get your shot. You, yeah. I know you talk about kids being a different kind of a different style now where everyone yeah. thinks that they move differently. I, I know a lot of people say that they're like, I have to go D one to be somebody. <sighs> yeah. You have those kids. You're like, Hey man, you can go be somebody playing D2, D3, JUCO, or, or yes. uh, you know, NIA. Yeah, NIA. It's, um, too, it's... Is that is that hard to do for kids? They think that if they don't go play it's OU, hard. It's... Yes, yes. It's really hard because every kid has that dream. I had that dream. And what was crazy is I had better offers than Pittsburgh State. That Pittsburgh State is one of those Division two programs where their facilities are better than the Division one facilities. Yeah. And, and so you're gonna like, win probably a championship or exactly, but you're just one. not gonna get the exposure, right? Like you know, that's the all these kids they they look at the social media and and they want it. They're so in love with like I know you look on Twitter, you see these kids blessed to receive an offer from. Oh yeah, it's like the most annoying thing ever. You every, know, every time they yeah, get it's it. like every time blessed but, to receive my 35th offer from. Yeah, I'm like golly, why you gotta just with the logo in the back? Yeah, and, it's like so all these kids see that. And, like, most of these kids are in love with getting recruited. But do they really love the game of football? You know, there's a difference, right? And so what I tell kids is I'm like, first of all, I say, do you love football? And, they, of course, I say, yeah, yeah, I do. 
Well, if you love football, dude, if you love football, like you're saying, you're willing to go to this school in Kansas where nobody knows about them and go you out there and You just want to go play. If you want to go play and get your school played for, you would, go, you, you, you would love to go have that experience. But the hard part about playing at Jinx, Union, Broken Arrow, Owasso, when they go to that school. It's a downgrade. It's a downgrade. And that kid probably go up there for like a month and like, dude, like I don't even get free shorts here. I got to go. I get one pair of shorts. Like, dude, I had a kid this past year hit me up like, coach, dude, I need some shoulder pads, man. My shoulder pads up there. And then, but he comes back and he said how good he had it at Owasso. So one thing I'm going to do this year, man, I'm going to get like four or five parents or players. I'm gonna, and, you know, you always have a parent meeting before the season gets started. Yeah. And I'm gonna do a parent. I'm gonna do a, a panel where these these parents, like this kid, this parent from different years that I've been there, and I'm gonna have them and just tell them about your experience at Owasso. Tell them like what we do that that your son didn't have at college, you know. And like these, like one parent caught me one day. He's like, "Y'all communicate better than these college coaches communicate to parents." Well, of course we do because the college coaches don't want to talk to parents, you know. So it's things like that where, you know, that I'm going to bring them in and just let them know, like, your kids got it really good here. But, man, it's just it's just the grind of getting kids the, the, the entitlement. And so that's why I'm, like, I'm hard about this year, Justin. Like, so, like, every year we give our kids two pairs of shorts to wear for in workouts for free. You know, it's just part of their package. So, like, but you see a kid walks in the weight room with camo shorts on. I'm like, dude, we give you shorts. So, like, go take those off yeah. or turn them inside out. And so, like, I'm just, like, because they know they get, it's just the entitlement sometimes I'm trying to get out of them. But, yeah, man, that's the that's the biggest battle that all these schools, even when I was at Union, man, it was hard to get kids to go to Bethel University in Kansas or wherever. Because they was like, man, that place sucked. In the middle of nowhere. In the middle of nowhere, and they were playing, and they're barely playing in front of any any fans. Yeah. You know, so, um, but here's Probably the kicker the same part. Of fans but here's the have. kicker, though, right? The kicker is that with the portal and the transfer portal, now those those schools are getting bigger, big-time players now. Who? Like the, the smaller schools are. Because the only thing, the Division One schools are getting kids from – like from they're getting kids out of the portal and they just trading kids back and forth, and these smaller schools like the NAIA's Division Two schools, they're getting like these three and four star players that they would have never touched, you know. So if I'm if I'm a smaller school, I am promoting my recruiting class like crazy because of the fact that I'm getting players that I would have never ever got in the past, man. You know, that makes that, sense. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So like. So there is some good for those because a lot of people say NIL and in the transfer portal would hurt small schools a lot. It but, does, but there are some pro, they are seeing some upside to it because like, where else? Like if you really want to play football, dude, like you ain't getting picked up by the bigger schools, which you know, which you probably should be. So how about you come come play for us for a couple of years and go make a name for yourself and go jump in the portal because they're gonna find you regardless. Sure. So like eventually you're gonna see more guys getting drafted from Division two schools. In the smaller schools than you are from Division One schools, because it's going to be a lot more spread out. There's going to be a lot more spread out talent where the the smaller schools would have never got that 
big time athlete because of the not what's going on in, in, at the bigger level, man. What uh, what percentage of players would you say, or an estimate of on your team that actually want to go play next level ball? Does it vary, or is there always like a? They they all do. They all they all want to go. Yeah, they all want to go play, and then once they become a senior, you know, um, they 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 kind of figure out what they want to do. Um, I like we always have a meeting with all the seniors at the end of the year, and I would say probably about. 50-50 of the seniors. Like this year, we probably graduated like 25 seniors this year. And out of that 25, maybe 10 or 12 want to go play college football. And we usually do a good a good enough job to find them somewhere to go play or um, or find them a home to go play. So we usually get to sign all of them. But some of them, you know, it's harder because they're grades or whatever. But, man, we usually got good, smart football players. And we do a good enough job to make sure that, like, hey, dude, we have those conversations early. Like, if you want to play, I try to have that conversation with them before their junior year starts. Like, hey, if you want to play college football, you need to have you need to have a two point this and a three. You know, you need to have check these, those boxes. Yeah, check those boxes because you ain't gonna make it. You know, you're not gonna be able to get recruited, or you gotta go junior college. So um, that's part of. I usually try to have that. But mostly, it usually you probably have all the seniors. Like when they're juniors, all of them want to play. And then once they get to to a singer, you know, they find different interests. But, you know, the crazy part that hit me is just in, like, when you're in high school, you realize that sometimes you're coaching a kid who can give two craps about playing college football, and he's really good. You know, one of my, one of my players, one of my coaches, he's like, you know what's crazy as coach is that, like, I'm coaching a really good high school football player, and he can give two craps about playing college football after – High school. Yeah. He wants to go work on cars. Yeah. He just wants to have fun in high school. and. Yeah, but it's just like – but just so it, it kind of plays my games with you, right? Because you're like, dude, that kid really care? You know what I'm saying? Because he don't want to go play college football. Yeah. You know, so it's like get kids like that. So that's – you know, I'm like, I wish you would have never told me that. <laughs> so anyways. You yeah. have to have that conversation a lot too, though, with, with guys that like, hey, we're – you know, we run a tight program here, but it's a lot of fun. Uh, but when you go to college, it's going to be like a job. Yeah. Are you gonna you gonna you gonna go against guys that are? Oh yeah. Everybody's big. Everybody's fast. Yep. Um, that's why we try to like. I'm gonna invite you out there, dude. Sometimes, like throughout the week, like if you get like a morning off, you need to come up there and watch. Just look at. We try to get as close as we can to that mimic of that college, like the way we practice, dude. Like it's. Sometimes we get more kids back. And it's like, bro, it's easier than this. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, college is easy. Um, so we try to get them. But I try to tell them, like, their job in college is to out-recruit you. They're going to love on you. But for them to keep their job, they got to go find somebody better than you every year. And so um, – It's a short, short sale? Yes, yes. It's a short sale, man. And some of them get it and some of them don't, man. And, and it's a shame – and some of them are ha- some of them have enough guts to come back and tell you, like, man, coach, you were right. You know, I hate that when they come back and tell you that, though. What do you uh, What do you do for uh, discipline guys that might be like trouble off the field or bad grades or or maybe like uh, you know doing something they shouldn't do? What does man, that look like? I, I'm sure there's physical physical part to it where they're oh, running yeah, or something. It's a, a double edged sword, man. Honestly, like like I said, dude, like I want them all. I want them all in our program, right? But one thing I do, I, first of all, I, I, I sit there and I talk to them. 
I have a conversation about them, you know, um, because, you know, what sucks about Oklahoma is, man, you know, it's the marijuana and the, 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 it's like it's okay to smoke weed these days because it's everywhere you look and yeah, you deal with you, you deal with that all the time right and so like the biggest thing is i try to get to, i try to get to know their story so if a kid comes in and i'm like so i'm i should already know their story but dude you got 150 football players or whatever it's kind of hard to know every single one of them yeah but so um i try to bring the assistant coach in with me when i discipline them because we would kind of feed off each other. Like, well, Coach, man, he had this, you know, his mom and dad is going to divorce. And I was like, well, that doesn't give you an excuse to go do anything stupid or to go smoke weed or, to, you know. You got to express yourself in a good way. Absolutely. So, um, um, but, you know, what kills our kids, dude, what kills kids is playing time. Like, I will, if, if a kid screw up and does something off the field or away from school and we find out about it, like, we got, you know, kids do, st- like, the, you know what's coming back? Stealing signs from places. Oh, you know, like st- road signs. Yeah, and, or, yeah. Or, you know, like the the the, the beer sign. Yeah. All that stuff. Like, you know, we had one kid get something from Buffalo Wild Wings, like the rug, and, you know, just stupid stuff, you I know? Can absolutely. And so yeah, basically, I've done that. yeah. So, like, <laughs> basically, like, 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 bro, you can't play this Friday. It crushes them. And they usually figures it out. Like the plan, like you take away their plan time and now they got to go back and tell their mom and dad that. Don't come Friday. Don't come Friday <laughs> because my I'm not playing or whatever. And you make sure like I make sure that I meet with every parent and the kid with them together. So we're all on the same page. You know what I'm saying? And so that's the biggest thing is you take away their plan time, dude. What if it's JV or freshman or whatever, like. It crushes them, like because now they get, you know, now they get made fun of for not playing, or their kids ask a, and it. The biggest what sus is what what sus is, it may be your starting quarterback. Oh really? It could be. You know what I'm saying? And like, you have to make a decision, like dude, like we're like, and everybody knows it that the quarterback did something stupid, right? And so now those parents in the community know, and so and it's a playoff game. And if you, you know what I'm saying? So sometimes you got to make hard decisions. Like, do we, you want to win, right? And so, like, you need it this pitch, guy. Yeah, you need this guy. So sometimes those decisions pitch you in weird situations, brother. And, you know, so I just say, yeah, we discipline you next week. After the game. You, think, uh, you think you're a better athlete uh, or a better coach? You think you're a better Man, player or a better coach? I, a little bit. I say 50-50. Um, I think that, it seems like you've carried everything that you yeah, as a um, player to coach. I, think, so. I tell you this, I had really good coaches. Um, I was a, I was a really good athlete, but what makes me uh, a really good coach is because I was coached by really good guys. So um, I'm able to pull pieces from this coach, this coach, this coach, and, I mean, and you, I, you've been with Bill off and on your whole yeah, life. Yeah, off right? and on, and he put me in front of guys where. Man, when we were at TU, we had an unbelievable staff. Um, we had a coach on our staff named um, Scott Downing, which really it, his name is not big, but he recruited Jude Bleslow. You okay. know, it's just like we had um, um, Gus Malzahn. He's the head coach at freaking um, U- UCF. Yeah, and, you coach with him? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They were always on the same staff at TU that really? was under Coach Blankenship. 
Um, I'll tell you another one that was there. I wasn't there, but the receivers coach at Alabama, Andrew Wiggins, was at Tulsa with Coach Blankenship. You know what I'm saying? So and his coaching tree is – Oh, yes, dude. And, like, that guy at Alabama, Coach Wiggins, the only thing he's done is win, like, a couple of Heisman receivers, Deontay, and, like – me and him, are, like me, and him are pretty. Like me, and him, you know, we speak. Like he knows me really well. He's there now. Yeah, he's that Alabama. So now. he's got your guy. Yeah, he got my guy. So it's all about relationships, right? And so, like the people that he put me around, man, was just awesome, dude. You know, um, so um, you coaching is, you know, it's stealing stuff from others and make it your own. That's all it is, dude. And I, I steal something from somebody else's program, like, but I may put a little twist on it. You know what I'm saying? And kind of make it my own. But it's all stealing stuff from each other, man. So what are the outside, you know, because I don't know mm-hmm. Coach Blankenship and, and I just have read about him and heard mm-hmm. from you. Uh, what sets him apart in, in a couple of different things that make him such a good guy or good coach? I just think it, it is, he's he's just real. He's just a great guy. Yeah, he just cares. Just like, correlates to yeah, work. He, and, he he's huge character-wise, man. He's a stand-up man. Um, um, his word is that he'd he do anything to help you. Like, he don't mind helping anybody else. Um, I think that's the biggest thing with him is that, like, if he sees somebody that's doing something positive or want to make something out of themselves and that hunger, like, he's all he's all in with you, man. So um, I just think he's just one of those people that want to help people grow and help people, you know, become better persons or help. If he can help you any way to, re- to attain a goal or anything like that, um, he's all about helping you out, man. If it's towards the bottom, he um, he doesn't get enough credit for what he does in the city. Like um, on 21st and um, I think it's Memorial, the old Rose Bowl here in Tulsa. It's like this old bowling alley. It was a pink Rose Bowl. It's huge. Well, you know, him and his brothers, they run that down there. They, they basically – Bought this place out or whatever. Like renovated it. Yeah, renovated it out. I think you might have seen something about it. They renovated it and they brought in like these basketball courts and they nice. they they buy they got these school buses where they bus all these kids from from the north side of Tulsa and from anywhere. They feed them, they run all these camps and he don't give himself enough credit for what he does. He's very humble or whatever. And I'm like, dude, that's a big deal. Like and it's him and his brothers, they do this. You know, so he's just doing it out of the good of his heart and absolutely, not looking man. for attention. Not, no, not at all. And I think it's a big deal because he's putting food in kids. You know, he's able to pit, feed kids and give kids good meals and stuff like that and teach them the word and keep them out of trouble. And they got a place where they can study and, you know, get mentored by people. I don't think I realized that till someone had – pointed that out to me probably, I don't know, five mm-hmm. or six years ago about kids, how uh, school was a lot of time where they get a lot of good food. Yeah, no doubt. A lot of times like in the summer, whenever yep. they're not at school, exactly. that could really hurt some of them because they're not eating good meat yep. at home or yep. Yep. or a lot more free time to, to get into stuff. Yep. That's why some of these schools are now, man, they're <clears throat> over the summer, they have these hours where if you come from this time and this time, you can at least come by. And eat in the lunchroom. Yeah, pick up know, food. And pick up food and stuff. We do it at a at a Wasso where, um, like, one week it'd be the football coaches handing out food. One week it's – and it just blows your mind, man, how many people don't have those. People think a Wasso is 
you know, Hasidity, but dude, there's kids out there don't eat. There's yeah. kids, you know, we have the same problems as everybody else have, man, which is crazy. You got people that struggle everywhere. Absolutely, man. And so that, that's the biggest thing is that, you know, you're able to be able to feed these kids because that's part of their, you know, their um, their strength and how they think. And you kind of tell, you can kind of tell with these kids these days, man, when they don't get sleep and when they don't eat because they, their, their performance go downhill. You know, yeah, I remember going to school with a couple of kids who I think they had to work. Uh, I say kids, I was a kid with yeah. them. I think they had to work to kind of provide for themselves or or maybe part of the family. And uh, had a buddy who he would be asleep in class every day around oh, yeah. lunchtime because he was like, I didn't get home till eleven forty five, working at uh, you know McDonald's or yeah, Subway whatever. or yeah any yeah. of that. And it sucks, you know, but. Those be the kids where if they can figure it out and they can just they gonna be the ones that are successful. Get that work you know, ethic. And get and that work ethic. Struggle in. a little and bit. Yeah, because that's what's that's what makes you or break you, brother. You know, at the end of the day. So, um, I just think that that's part of their story and that's something that they can pass down to somebody else. So now that you're a head coach. Is no going back, right? You think you you ever go backwards as far as as going back DCOC, or you think it's it's head coach from now on? Man, I, I I hope that's the case, and I hope it's at Owasso, you know, as as long as possible. And um, but I know things happen, and um, I think once you do get in that p- position, you're able to get yourself, you know, at a, definitely at a, at a school like Owasso. It's like your next job is going to be a head coach. It may be a level down or something like that. But um, I just think it's all about the experience, you know what I'm saying, of what I have. It, you know, um, hopefully I have some positive experience and stuff like that where um, I like that role, obviously. But there's some people where, um, like you may see some coaches, they were great defensive coordinators, right? But they wasn't good head coaches, you know what I'm saying? So, um I, I think that one of my biggest strengths is relationships and being able to manage and stuff like that. So hopefully, man, it's continue to be a head coach. It's one of those ones where I want to help develop people and be positive in, influence on them like people were on me. Well, give, give us, uh, before we wrap up, and if you had anything else, please please let me know. But uh, let's give some advice for who someone who is a coach teacher in that mm-hmm. field since that's your wheelhouse. That's yeah. obviously not me. But yeah, uh, man. give some uh, of that, and then and then give us some some advice uh, for for the average person. Some of your work ethic or something that you think. Don't. My thing is, don't be afraid to 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 send an email to somebody and say, "Hey, coach, I would love to set up a Zoom call to to learn ball," um, because there's not a, like definitely if the if that coach is more of an old school guy and you see he's successful because. Like those guys like doing that, you know. Like they yeah, love, like giving, yeah. Like love giving wisdom and stuff like that. And I think, um, like anytime you can go to a convention and stuff like that, try to reach out and just be humble. Don't think you know a lot, um, and be willing to do a job where, you know, like man, you see Coach Blankenship, he pick up trash, like in the mud. You know what I'm saying? Where a lot of guys walk by that trash. You know, including myself. You know what I'm saying? And he makes me feel bad. You know, it's like be a guy that there's no job never is too big and um 
do the stuff where nobody else don't want to do. Treat the the janitor just like you would the you, president. You damn right. Yeah. And and um, just be able to just put your head down. Don't think you know too much. Ask questions, but don't ask a lot of questions. Be be selective of of what you're asking because some of these guys may take it defensive. You know what I'm saying? But just be willing to learn. Don't feel like you know it. Know know it all. You know, just it's kind of it's the same way it works in the business, and it's the same part about coaching. You know. Don't think you know too much, man, and be willing to put your head down and work and make relationship with kids. Get to know these kids. Don't say, hey, 32. No, say, hey, Justin. That's a difference. You know, um, that's one thing I learned about with Coach Blankenship is that, like, like everybody always call these kids by, hey, hey, number 40, get over here. Well, the only thing that kid remembers goes back like, hey, Coach Blankenship or Coach Graham calls me, hey, number 40, he don't even know my name. But it's different. It's a when, roster spot. Yeah, it's just it's different when you say, hey, Justin, come here, buddy. Let me talk to you. Um, make sure you touch a kid every day. Like a, a touch goes a long way or a pat on the butt goes a long way. Like just try to make an interaction with every single kid every single day because it's like sometimes these kids are like, dang, I didn't even know that you knew my name because – and it goes a long way, and then like you get the kids believing in you, dude, and you get relationships. They they're the one who plan for you, like they run through a wall for you. So just relationships, and just pitch your head down and go to work, brother. That's what I would say, brother. You so, got you got anything else before you want to bounce, man? Um, we talk a lot the, of ball. No, man. The, the, the biggest thing is, man. Um, first of all, I think what you're doing and giving me the opportunity is huge. Um, um, I think people need to tune in to what you got going on. I think that you don't give yourself enough credit. So I'm going to challenge me being your friend is to you, you, you do a hell of a job doing what you're doing, man. And um, obviously the biggest thing about podcasts and just things in life that we all step out of our comfort zone and for, thank you for stepping out of your comfort zone and giving me a skill to talk about ball, dude. Like, so that's awesome. So man, you keep doing what you doing, man? And and I'm happy for you. Do you got a beautiful family? And do you you took sacrifices for yourself? And um, you went to you went to go serve for the country and things that I didn't think you were gonna do, right? Because I think you're a very intelligent guy. I'm like, dude, you should be running your own freaking business or whatever. And, but anyways, man. But like, you just stay at it. like whatever. You, I feel like whatever you put your mind to, Justin, you you figure it out, dude. So Thank just you, stay just stay with the course, man. And um. If there's anything that we can do, man, and um, you let me know, man. I want you guys to come out to a game this year, man, and be front row and feel comfortable, dude. Like, like you, like you literally don't have to ask. <laughs> like, just show up, bro. Like, you know, because you're, you're, you're. It's you know how it is, man. You're family, yeah. and so like some people are always like, man, let me call. Like, like you one of those people that ain't got a call. Like seriously, like you just show up, dude, because you get it. You know, not everybody gets it, right? Yeah. So, man. Just, I wanted to make sure you know that, like, dude, just come show up, dude, and it's home. So, thank you. Um, yeah, I, did, I appreciate I, your brother. No, thank you. I did want to say my my brother and Lindsay will tell me a lot to reach out to certain people, and mm-hmm. and even with you, I know we could talk for oh, absolutely. Days, yeah, but I no didn't doubt. know if you'd ever want to be on, but uh, Colton said, I think Colton sent me the screenshot of the 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 World article. It was like, you know, mm-hmm. Antonio Graham, new head coach. Yeah, yeah, I. I Text him. I'll call him here a little bit when I called you that night. But yeah. Colton said, uh, tell him to come on the pod. And I was like, I I didn't show you, but I said, I don't know if he would or not. Uh, and then I call you 
I'm like, dude, congrats. And you're like, now I could get on your podcast. I was like, <laughs> my brother just said that, dude. Like, I swear. Yeah, that's it. Six a, minutes before I called you, blessed, he was like, Blessing in disguise, pod. right? Yeah. <laughs> so, no, man. Appreciate you for having me, man. No, for real. For Keep sure. Thank you for coming. And, and I'm happy for you, man. Uh, I'm excited to come watch a game. And yeah. It's crazy to see you're the, the head coach now. Dude, I, you know, and I, and I end with this, man. And I'm sorry, but I Not think I need to say this, brother. You know how some people go, like, if you can, you know how you always hear these these famous people. It's like, man, if you really just lock in and you grind and you can reach your goals or whatever. And man, I want to say that's real, dude. Because like the only thing I ever done, Justin, was man, I kept my mouth shut. I grinded it out. Yes, I made mistakes. Um, I'm definitely not purpose, but um, I try to learn from my mistakes. Um, but I mostly just kept my head down and grinded and with respect and I respected my elders um, and things start happening for me in life. And so like, if you do that stuff, which we always hear these successful people talk about that. Right. And he's like, man, it ain't that easy, but dude, it really is that easy. And I would never thought I'd be saying those words, man, because like having one of these jobs and breaking a bear for, for minorities and stuff like that, like, I can't believe that I'm the first. I don't even like saying that. Like, I'm the first minority to get a job like this, right? First, um, first black head coach yeah. in Wausau history, right? Yes. And, like, in Sisse in Tulsa, out, out of the big five, out of the Union Jinx. And, like, I don't even like – it It never done to me. And But my thing is, like, the only thing I ever done was put my head down and and took took the, even took direction and instruction from people and um, did what was right. So – um, you could do it if you really lock into it and you grind and you put in the work. Because we always hear those famous people like, put in the work, man, and you can be whatever you want to. And he's like, yeah, whatever. You know, that's just easy to say. But, dude, I can't believe I'm actually, I'm that person that's saying those words now. And that's all it is. It's like, dude, you put the work in and you grind and you do what you're supposed to do and you you stay humble and loyal and treat people right. Things will start coming. So, if you do do those things, man, it really will happen for you. And so I think I have to say that because, like, I was that kid was always hearing these people. Like, when I didn't make it to the NFL, well, that didn't work. You know, I worked hard, and but I didn't realize you got to be 6'8", you know what I'm saying, and all <laughs> yeah. that stuff. But you hear people say that stuff. Yeah. And, and, like, but I'm one of those people that's now saying that. Like, dude, you put your head down, you work at it, you stay true to yourself, and you do things right, dude, it could happen for you. So that's what I would tell these young kids and young coaches or anybody. Like, it's really true. So, like, you hear those people that say that. It's true, bro. Like, because they didn't get there by luck. They actually put the work in. And I'm one of those people that's saying that now. Like, I put I was, I was, put the work in to be able to, to get this opportunity. So, And I'm sure there was a lot of times where you got passed up when you thought you probably deserved something and then – there is no M- doubt. Might be a little bitter inside, but kept yep. your head low. And there is there is no doubt about that, man. I felt like I could have already been a a, a coach or at a bigger sure. school, and I've turned down jobs to be smart about where I to stay the path. Yeah, to stay the path of you know of an opportunity. But man, um, don't get bitter about anything. You know, just keep working. Use it as fuel. There's stuff that's even though I got this job now, that there's some stuff that. I'm still bitter about, you know, but I'm blessed at the end of the day. So just take it and make it what's yours. So, Hey, good words, man. Thank yes, you sir. for coming through. I love you. I'm glad you're love here. Love you too, brother. I appreciate that. Yes, sir. Everybody, Antonio Graham. <laughs>